People Show, Bick Nazar and Randy Janda, Dominic Shermati running the show, and of course, you as well, 65650, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. It's the People's Show on a Friday as well. No Confession Friday today, by the way. We've we got a jam-packed show, a short show. Uh, we couldn't do uh, Confession Fridays. We're, we're off at 2 today. Maybe we do a special Confession Monday because... Sure. Maybe, you know, we got to make up for it at some point. But, yeah, today is a lot going on today. Uh, Canucks preseason coverage on Sportsnet 650 brought to you by Black and Lee. Suiting up just got easier for modern suit and tuck sales, fashionable menswear, and same-day rentals. Visit blackandlee.com. We're going to connect with Cat Jamie and Steve Francis, 90-year NBA veteran and former Vancouver Grizzlies draft pick, but not a Vancouver Grizzlies player. No, he was a three-time in, All-Star. In just a moment. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's just it, it's just so interesting because me and Izzy were talking about this near the end of the show last night, uh, or uh, yesterday, and fourteen-year-old me in the moment had a ton of pain and anger over it, and thirty-six-year-old me, soon to be thirty-seven, understands a lot more probably more empathetic to individuals sure, and tries to look at the scope of a lot of things. There is so much pain around the departure of the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yep. Uh, the person who became kind of the face of that was Steve Francis. And we got a chance to watch the doc uh, that Cat Jamie put together, the Grizzly Truth, which comes out, uh, premieres tomorrow at the Vip Theater, uh, again on Wednesday as well. And there will be a theatrical release. And just seeing everything all over again. We've all done this in 2005 and 2009. Whatever in time you've thought about, hey, could the NBA come back? And you think about how it's all played out. You know, Steve Francis became the face of it. And then when you really think about it, to me, it's like down the list of priorities of why that departure happened. But every story requires one antagonist and it feels like he's probably took the brunt of it yeah when there are so many other culprits in they they share a pie of this for sure and there are three to four if maybe five factors that played in the departure of the the vancouver grizzlies and i, if I not think more if not more but the timing of the steve francis one yes. is where is I why it becomes so, so important right yeah you're looking at at that point it looks like Teams kind of trending in the right direction, at least with the players that they have. Not necessarily in terms of the record. Well, we know the NBA. Like, if, if you're a drafted young player in the NBA, it takes six years. Sure. It takes five, six, seven years. How long was the team here? Not long enough for that to come to fruition. Yep. And that's why the timing of everything that went down, it just it it hits Vancouverites to this day a certain way. And I, Vic, I, I'm with you. Um, I think over time you understand it better. Player leverage in today's NBA versus back then, very different. Remember, we're talking about the era of Michael Jordan where he was he opened it up in terms of how do you become more commercial. But LeBron James opened it up in terms of, I'm calling my shot, I'm going where I'm going. The game has changed a lot. Player leverage has changed a lot. And I think that incident, we look at it differently now. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are angry. And I, like, to me, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Grizzlies fan growing up here as well. I still rock the gear. I was, I was at one of those Rockets games. Yeah. Like, and I was, you know, one of the my favorite sports moments of all time is watching the Chicago Bulls versus the Vancouver Grizzlies at GM Place. Watching Jordan, watching Sharif, watching Derek all, Martin. Of, all of those guys. All yeah. of those guys. 
And, you know, so I can understand that. But time has hopefully healed to a certain extent. And, you know, things have moved on. So happy to have this, excited to have this conversation. Well, let's talk to them now. Uh, Kat Jamie, the director of The Grizzly Truth, and Steve Francis join join us now on the show. Uh, we'll talk to both of you here. Uh, we'll start with uh, Steve. Uh, Steve, uh, how are you enjoying Vancouver? Oh, it's great, man. The water's great. The weather's great. The food is great. Uh, finally got a chance to see what Vancouver looks like. Uh, well, absolutely. We'll get into some more stuff, but do want to also introduce Cat Jamie as well, who, who did a great job putting this together. It, again, premieres tomorrow at the VIF Theater and again on Wednesday, theatrical release coming later in the year as well. Cat, uh, what was this experience like, putting this together? Because, because you're the super fan. You've become kind of the, the face of this uh, Bring the NBA Back movement here in Vancouver. I imagine going through all these memories, like what was this journey like for you? Um, it was incredible. Um, you know, I got to travel all across North America, tracking down, uh, you know, my childhood heroes, uh, Vancouver Grizzly players. Um, and, you know, the one person that I knew I had to find and track down, like I, I couldn't tell the story without, is Steve Francis. <laughs> so it is, it is, um, you know, a dream come true to be able to tell the story, to be able to talk to all the players that agreed to, you know, do sit-down interviews, Zoom interviews, phone calls with me. But, uh, you know, sitting here, I'm sitting beside Steve right now, and you guys can't see, but he's wearing a Vancouver Grizzly hoodie <laughs> and, and hat, and it's, like, it's mind-blowing. So this is a, it's a dream come true, um, and I'm just, you know, very grateful that Steve, you know, took time out of his busy schedule to be with us here today. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Vancouver to, to hear Steve's story and to share the Grizzly truth with everyone. Steve, when you were approached about being in this documentary, uh, what was your initial thought? Uh, I mean, it, it was... It wasn't that hard. Uh, she came very respectful. Uh, you know, I was with my son uh, at an event in Houston. And just to hear, you know, uh, some of the things that she explained to me, the reason behind why she thought it was important for me to uh, show up. So uh, or even invite her to, to D.C. To, to, to visit my hometown. So it was great for me. Kat, what was that experience like? Because, you know, for, for fans in Vancouver, we were just kind of talking about it. Like the, the experience 23 years ago was, was so challenging and, and, and so difficult and, and then the team moving away like for you personally going through this journey and and connecting with Steve like was that challenging as a fan or was that something that you were excited about um no I was I mean it was it was both for sure um I was definitely nervous <laughs> when I when I saw when I approached Steve and again you have to remember I'm a still a childhood fan of the you know I was a childhood fan of the NBA I grew up mm-hmm. watching Steve Steve Francis uh you know because and I you know become a, a an all-star in Houston um, but, you know, as a filmmaker, it's my job to approach, you know, the people in my film with um, with a level of empathy and understanding like that's that is my job as a as a documentarian. So, you know, I, I put I had to put my, you know, Grizzlies fan cap down and, and put, you know, my, my filmmaking cap on um, and, you know, treating everyone that I spoke to with respect, you know, still asking questions, but, you know, making sure that they had a chance to explain um, how things played out from their perspective. And that's a, a key part of this story. And you know what? I'm excited. We had a chance to view this film beforehand, and we've had a chance to to hear uh, your side of the story as well, Steve. But I think all of Vancouver, uh, for the last 23 years, wants to know why. Going back to that draft, what was the, uh, the, the reaction, and why did that come about? I, I think a lot of our listeners want to know that. Well, for me, uh, the year before, you know, I, I pay attention to basketball. I knew I was going to be a number one or number two pick. 
and noticing that Mike Bibby was a point guard, and I know he's a great basketball player, but for me coming up from Maryland, um, I needed the basketball in my hand to show what I can do. So uh, with no disrespect, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting, because in the documentary as well, there's there's the Toronto aspect, and the, the Raptors got their superstar with Vince Carter. And, and Steve, now that you've gone through the business of the NBA and, you know, trades and contracts and all that sort of stuff, do you understand, like, why the Grizzlies picked you, hoping that you could have done something similar in Vancouver? Not, a, I mean, it could have been, but you got to understand what type of player you were getting with me. You're seeing him now with John Morant. So try to pair John Morant with uh, Mike Bibby. It'll be hard. So um, definitely a league guard that needed the basketball. Um, so I hope that, the, you know, people can understand that. Um, I guess growing up where I grew up, I've seen a lot of things that, you know, I, uh, you know, feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The People Show. We're joined by Steve Francis and Kat Jamie. Uh, you can see them in the Grizzly Truth. Uh, currently, it'll be at VIF, but also there will be a, a further release coming in December. And and Kat, going back to you, you talked to a lot of people. I was looking at the featuring list in the credits to end the, the film, and you talked to a lot of people. Is there somebody that you didn't get to talk to for this documentary that you wish you could have? Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely got everyone that I absolutely needed to, you know, Mike Bibby, Sharif, Country, Steve Jackson, Steve Francis. Um, if I had to pick someone that I wish I was, you know, could have gotten, it's Michael Dickerson. <laughs> Dickerson was actually the first person I reached out to years and years ago when I was making Find a Big Country. I got in touch with him via email. He responded, but then I just didn't hear back from him. So Dickerson is someone that I would have loved to to have in the film, but um, but you know, I, I'm so uh, grateful for all the players that you know said yes and have really supported, um, you know, um, this film and this project. What was the most enjoyable part of this? Because I, cause I imagine it was watching some of the old games with some of the players as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, get it, honestly, just like hanging out with everyone, like hanging out with George Lynch, Antonio Harvey, Steve Francis, um, Mike Bibby, like everyone, you know, welcomed me with open arms and, and we got to do a lot of fun stuff that, you know, I, I won't, I'm, I won't uh, reveal any spoilers. You'll we'll have to sure. wait to yeah. see the kind of adventures that some of the players and I kind of got up to, but um, no, it was just hanging out, um, hanging out with these, with these players. And, uh, and, and, you know, as, as, as human beings, again, like not as, not, not just as athletes, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, hanging out with them as, as human beings. What I appreciate about this film as well is that it explains the various factors, right? And that's something that's really, really important because, Hey, I was, 13 years old when when Steve Francis got drafted by the Grizzlies and you understand it to a certain level at that point as you grow older uh, it's projects like this that unveil a little bit more and like provide a little bit more information uh, but you talk to a lot of people did you ever try to talk to the league as well as a part of their role in, in all of this um you know we um I we did try to get um an interview with Adam Silver the our schedules just did not match up um but uh I felt like I was able to, you know, through my research from the interviews and the articles that we were able to kind of dig up and, and conduct, um, we were able to sort of, you know, tell, tell that story and um, get their perspective and what, you know, what happened with the league when they, you know, the rules that they put on Toronto and Vancouver. So that story is, is told um, in the film. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully this, this film does get the attention of the NBA um, and, uh, you know, 
let, lets them know that, you know, Vancouver uh, is, is knocking on their door for, for another shot at the NBA. Steve, what did you learn from this experience of, of being interviewed and, and getting to talk about this finally? Um, it was, it was, it was, it was great coming from, you know, somebody that was a fan who was a loyal fan to the, to the Grizzlies. And the approach was, you know, very respectful. Unlike, you know, when I was 22 years old, I, if I would have said something, you know, people already considered us crybabies. So if I'd have dwelled on it back then, I don't think I'd have been a three-time all-star. Was it important to you now to try to discuss this in, in 2022 and, and be part of this project? Absolutely. I have a 15-year-old son uh, and a 17-year-old daughter. So despite all the things that they heard back in the days, hopefully, you know, they'll understand why their dad is, you know, well, you know this type of person. Right. And I know your son is playing high school basketball and, and you speak to young basketball players with your camps and everything. That whole experience that you went through with the draft, like what would 45-year-old Steve Francis say to 22-year-old Steve Francis? Uh, nothing different. Um, I would demand everybody come see me at the University of Maryland, and uh, we wouldn't be going through this situation. I'd have been a number one pick. <laughs> Love it. All right, you're listening to the People Show. We're joined by Steve Francis and Cat Jamie, and and one question, Cat, you mentioned it there, uh, the potential of having a an NBA team in Vancouver. We all dream about it, but Steve, I want to direct this towards you. Do you think 23 years later, does Steve Francis think basketball could work in Vancouver? Not at all. You said what? Oh, no. Do you think basketball could work in the, in Vancouver? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought you said uh, 23 years ago. Oh, no, no, yeah. now. Oh. Yeah. oh, no, yeah, now. I mean, I, I see the support is still here for basketball itself. And now it's not just aimed at one or two people. It has to be a whole uh, team effort. Um, you can't win with just one or two people. And, uh, you know, at, at a young age with a young franchise like that, you know, there's a lot of learning curves at the beginning. And, uh, you know, it kind of showed. And uh, hopefully, you know, with more experienced people, like Kat said, uh, you know, it can go further. Is there anything you want to say to uh, Grizzlies fans after 23 years here? Uh, obviously, it's it's part of the documentary as well, but we'll give you a chance here on radio. Uh, is there anything you want to say after 23 years? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, so you did mention, you know, you have uh, you have kids. Um are they making the trip out here? Are they here with you? Are they able to? Not at all. They're no? in school. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have my career uh, direct anything that they do in my life. Right. I think in the movie I said things like that. I want my kids to be able to learn on their own, not like the way I was taught. So it's a lot deeper than you guys probably ever imagined. Sure. Um, Kat, what's in uh, store for the premiere at uh, VIF tomorrow? So we have, yeah, it's going to be um, a full day Grizzlies event. Um we are on standby with tickets, which means that, you know, if you don't have a ticket, you can still try to line up, you know, early, come early. Um, and then after after the screening, you know, the screening is going to be quite the show. We have the Extreme Grizz dance team. We have Super Grizz, Al Murdoch, our uh, PA announcers, all going to be there. We're going to have, um, and then afterwards, um, after the screening, there is a basketball activation that's happening, at, you know, a public arena in the Vancouver Grizzlies happening at Queen Elizabeth Plaza at 5 p.m., there's going to be basketball games, dunk, uh, dunk contests, uh, you know, put on by Basketball BC and VIF. Um, you know, players will be there, and it will be – it's just going to be a really fun day to honor the Grizzlies um, and honor these players that are here today. Steve, you're going to be in the dunk contest? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. As long as Vince isn't in it. I was going to say, I mean, you were pretty good in 2000. It was, it was, it was close. <laughs> 
Yeah, but they, you know, politically he won it before the junk contest started. Ah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kat, one last question for you as well. Obviously, with Viff, uh, well, you know, wish you the, the most success you can have here at this uh, festival. But after that, where can people catch this? When can people catch uh, the Grizzly Truth? So we are doing our festival run, but um, it will be available on Crave um, in the next few months. So stay tuned and, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, to keep updated with uh, where we'll be playing next. Uh, well, guys, we really appreciate the time. I know it's a busy day for you. Again, screening uh, tomorrow at the VIF Theater. Uh, Kat Jamie joining us from the Grizzly Truth and Steve Francis. Uh, I guess uh, Vancouver legend in his own way. Uh, guys, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much Thank for you. having us. Steve Francis and Kat Jamie here on The People's Show. There you go. Says basketball can work here in Vancouver. You kind of shocked me there at the at the beginning because he well, misunderstood he misheard, my he, he, he misheard my question. It was like not at all. I was like, what? But, but uh, yes. fairly or unfairly, he became the poster boy of basketball not working in Vancouver. And okay, and yes. and there's there's your sign off there from from Steve Francis. I think you know, looking back at this a number of years later, there are a lot of things you look back in time and history and say, okay, there was a lot of mess ups along the way with the well, Vancouver Grizzlies. Like people are texting in here. Uh, can't believe you two are forgiving him for his actions. Look, not everyone's innocent in, in in any of this. Yeah. We also now in 2022 understand way more about player empowerment yep. and the places people are coming from, all of this sort of stuff. That in 1999, I don't think we appreciated. And also, this is also a franchise that went through a lot of losing that I think people were ready to jump all over anyone and they wanted a bad guy because look there was many people and, and people are texting in like Stu jackson's at fault this person's at fault michael that, heisley that's coming in yeah there's a lot of different people that are at fault for why this went down but none of those people gave you an image at the draft like steve francis did and you go through it there's the dollar that plays a role in this there is the business support there is michael heisley that plays a role in this there's a myriad of issues. And how much of a spine the league had at the time. Remember. And, and the big one is the league for me. Yes. And, and that's why I asked Kat about that. Because, if anything, who has the final say before a team is moved? At that point, it was David Stern. They always, they always have to rubber stamp that. They have to sign off on that. So, I understand there's a lot of people saying, hey, you know, I think one of the most important things on this show, and I, it's any show that I host, and Vic, I know you are the same way. You're going to be respectful to a guest. Whether you agree with their actions 22 years ago, folks, mm -hmm. almost 23 years ago or not, you let them have their say and you ask them questions. And so 13-year-old Lundeep did not agree with Steve Francis. Sure. I'm, 30, I guess, I'm 36 I, now. I was, in the, I was a fan. I booed at one of those Rocket games. I was there for the Bibby winner. Sure. I'm adamant to this yeah. day. I want nothing to do with the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. And I will feel that way for the rest of my life, I'm sure, until... I mean, we if... tease Sat for having a job. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I love Sat, but that is in the no no zone. That's a no-go zone for me. That's I'm not even living in the same area code. Yeah. So I feel that. But at the same time, 23 years later, you should be in a position to have a communication with the person. And we found out a lot about Steve Francis as well over the, the number past of years. 15, we 10 have. years, yeah. We have. And that's why I think a, a dialogue, a conversation, the fact that we're having one in the city, if you would have mentioned even, forget a year ago or five years ago, mm -hmm. a week ago somebody said that, 
they'd be like, yeah, we don't. We still get a lot of people saying we don't want to hear it. But the point is, again, otherwise I, you just. I, I just get to that point. Then it's like, well, then your anger is never going to change the reality. If your anger is directed at, oh, this is the person that made the NBA leave, and we have to get the team back, your anger is never going to change the reality. Yeah. No, for sure. And I can understand being a villain in this market. I think there's plenty of villains in the entire Grizzly fallout. Oh, totally. And I don't think you have to look that far. I think some of it was also timing. It was terrible timing, but it was also terrible drafting. Mm -hmm. And you look at some of those teams. I don't need to go through the names. As basketball fans in this city, we've gone over those drafts of that era over and over again. You could have had this guy. You could have had that guy. We've all done it. The redrafts. We've done it. But there's a couple of different, at least four or five different factors that play a role. And we got this text here saying, this is way different than player empowerment done today, Vic. This is at the draft. No player asked for trades after being drafted. Let me let me actually Eli revise Manning? that. Five years later, Eli Manning said yeah. he was not going to go to the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. And Stu Jackson, in this case, still took the player. In that case, the Chargers said, yeah, all right, he's not coming. We're going to, the Giants can have him. Didn't Eric Lindros do it after being drafted? Five years after Steve Francis. So let's not let's not talk about yeah. how it didn't happen and it didn't happen at the draft. It did. I'm not giving Steve Francis a way out because no. in terms of all-time fan moments as a Vancouverite, I would say that's probably one of the worst ones I've ever had. Like sitting there, I remember to this day, Bic, we were talking about it off air. I remember what my mom said when he was drafted and he made that facial expression. Essentially in Punjabi, she asked like, why is he pouting? Is what she said. That's a direct <laughs> quote. Straight up. So it, I'm with you. It's on one of my top two worst Vancouver fan moments because A, you thought you got your guy, and B, the whole sh city was shunned. City was shunned on national, international TV. But it's 23 years later. You can't, you can't change the past. At some point, we, we, we do have to move forward. 650, 650. Uh, this one... Uh... You're naive. The guy doesn't care. That's fine, but follow the money. Well, yeah, follow the money for the league, too. For sure. And we're not saying you have to believe Steve Francis. We're not saying you have to believe whatever he had to say. This is a conversation. He was on. We asked him questions. Whether you buy it, that's up to you. Yeah. I, I just think we, we view things differently now in 2022 than we did in 1999. And if we apply that context of how would we have felt... If we had the knowledge now of how we would have felt in 1999, I think the reaction would be entirely different and a lot more focus, I think, would go towards the team. But people wanted one bad guy. And it's the truth is it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten people, maybe even deeper. And those texts coming in here is like ownership and management. These are the people who make decisions. How much power does one person have? Yeah, that's part of it. Big picture decisions play a big role into – how that all f ended with the team departing, which you, which sucks. It hurts me today. Yeah. Don't you guys find it interesting that he still uh, insists that because Bibby was already here, yeah. it was a giant factor in him not wanting to come here? He said it twice in, in the interview with yeah, us. Yeah, that mm. was an interesting one. So, you know, having his heart – yeah, I don't want to give away any spoilers. We've watched the Of course the doc, not. But the two ball handler aspect – and Mike Bibby is in the doc as well um, – when you're a top five draft pick, unfortunately, that's how he thought. And he he was in a, a territory of player leverage that 
maybe it wasn't practiced at that point, but like I don't agree with the decision. I, I thought having now that we what we know about basketball, having him in I, I would have liked him to stay in Vancouver. I understand the decision a lot more now sure. that I'm 36. I mean, him and Bibby in the backcourt would would have been it would have made sense. We know a lot more about basketball, but this is where this is where ego also comes in. Hey, I want to be the guy. I want to be the guy. I don't want to share the ball with anybody. And that's, you know, indirectly, I think Francis in that answer, uh, Dom, to your point, did say I wanted to be the guy. I didn't want to share that. Uh, basketball Phil texting in. John Elway refused to sign with the Colts, did he not? Use baseball as a leverage to get traded to Denver. But, yes, Steve Francis is the only guy who has done it. Uh, I'm glad to see he's turned things around for himself. Good for him. I've totally forgiven Steve. That is basketball Phil texting in 650-650. This one from Rager. We hold it against Steve Francis, but when Connor Bedard refuses to go to Arizona and signs with Vancouver, we'll support him. <laughs> uh, 650-650, keep coming with your thoughts. Uh, this one, it doesn't sound like, uh, sorry, I appreciate your interview, interviewing Kat's empathy towards player. However, it doesn't sound like Steve really has or is willing to show any empathy for the consequences for his decision upon the city of Vancouver and Grizzlies fans. What's up comes up so short. He doesn't even say, he's not even in the same country. Uh, well, he's at the premiere. He's in Canada. I he's think, here in Vancouver. Yeah, I think in terms um, of the response of being, hey, yeah, I was expecting. I, 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 I was expecting ex- more than what's up. Were, were you were, were people expecting contrition though to be like, oh yeah, my bad, the team's gone because it's me. No, it, I, we were expecting more than what's up. No, I know, but like that's the point. The point here is like he's not the only one responsible for why the team is not fair, here. Absolutely, I would not expect one person to take the brunt of that. Sure, that's fair. But I think the point of the text is like, really, all you could come up with was what's up? And that's fair. I, I think you're given the opportunity to speak and give whatever message you want. We gave it, right? We asked the questions. and You don't have to be pleased with every single response. I think there's some things that he hit there, and there was honesty about the, whether you like the baby answer or not, that's what it was. The guy didn't want to be a, a potentially a secondary ball handler on a team and said, I want to, like, I don't like that answer, but he was honest with it. 650-650, keep coming with your thoughts. We'll try to get some more reaction on the other side. We'll also talk to Vanny Sartini, Whitecaps FC manager. Fan appreciation night for your Vancouver Whitecaps coming up. We'll talk to the skipper, the gaffer, on the way here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.